Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fancy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And tonight, it's me and Zach. We're, we're rolling without George tonight. So, Zach, you follow him on Twitter at Braf Z. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. I'm doing good. Good to be back. I missed you guys last week. It was a, it was a good episode. I uh, felt left out. I well, had, some, you- had some good conversation, but... It- we talked about Alonzo. That's what, that's the only part you really missed, I know. <laughs> no, it was some good back and forth with the who, who would you rather. It was, a, it was a good segment. So a little bummed I missed out, but you know what? We'll, uh, we'll get back to it at some well, point. But me and you tonight, looking forward to it. And we're going to have some discussions. I'm sure George is going to listen back and be like, he wishes he was on. So it's a little give and take. You know, you got to kind of roll with the punches. But regardless, we'll, we'll move forward. People don't want to hear about us. Um, on tonight's episode, we're, we're going to kind of look, look at our top 12s, basically recapping what would be our first round picks if we were drafting today as far as like who we like and where we like them in the first round. And then we're going to talk a little bit of uh, risers and fallers and go from there. So we're going to jump right into these, uh, basically, I guess, a first round re- uh, preview or review preview, because this is what we would, this is how we see the first round should be. I'm not even sold on these top 12 rankings right now, but man, I, I'd have a hard time and we'll see how it goes, but do you want to start, you want to drop your for yours first or how do you want to do this? Go pick one, pick two and each give a name. So let's drop our top three. I think, I think our top three is, is pretty similar. If not the same, I think we both have the same number one guy in trout. Yep. Number two, I have Yelich. Yes. Okay. All right. So Trout, Yelich, Mookie are our yep. top three. So we see eye to eye with that. Um, I, I, I'm still, I'm a little yeah, concerned was, with what's going on with Yelich with these back injuries. They continue to linger on. But he comes back. He literally comes back from the back injury and he hits a few more home runs, like and steals bases. Like, like he just. Yeah. I don't understand. It's hard to doubt a guy when it seems like he's be, like he's being cautious. The team's treating him cautiously. Like they're being smart with him. Even it, I, I'm guaranteeing you it's minor, and he's just playing it safe. It's just weird how he's – they're not ILing him. They're <laughs> just letting him sit out a few days, pinch hit here and there. But um, what was it, like two weeks ago? I know he sat out like the whole Mets series. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, he was basically out for 10 days. They didn't IL him. It was, it was just a very weird situation. It seemed, seemed to be more serious than they were leading on. But hopefully it's nothing. Have him still in the number two spot because he's just – He's just that good right now. But hopefully this is not something that lingers on the whole season because that's going to be very frustrating if that's the case. And I've seen other analysts put Yelich one. I'm not there yet. Yelich, he's an MVP. He's going to be an MVP candidate again this year. But I'm not ready to dethrone Trout. Trout is just so elite across the board. We've seen Trout do this for at least minimum five years. I mean, Yelich, he he had a great season last year. No doubt in that, but we've seen the consistency from Trout when he's healthy on the field. We haven't seen it completely with Yelich yet. That's kind of why I have Trout still above him. But I mean, either way, both are great options. Yeah, and I'm. I think again, you're you're you just know, you know you know the floor with Trout, but you know his ceiling, and that's the thing. His ceiling is legitimately 40-40. If he really wanted to do it, I feel like he could do 40, 40 home runs, 40 steals. Yeah. And, but he doesn't see the pitches. And, or Not that he doesn't see the pitches. He's not He's not aggressive enough. He actually takes a lot of walks. And it's, it's a you big thing. You would think those walks would translate into more stolen bases. Yeah, I still think he's on pace for close to 30. Maybe not quite thirty, but he's gonna be. I think he'll be. If assuming health stays with him, he's gonna be close to thirty, with probably about thirty home runs. He'll be close to a thirty-thirty player, and I sound disappointed. Like, <laughs> like that. He's a, he's essentially what LeBron is to basketball. LeBron can be an MVP caliber player every year in basketball, and people just take it for granted. Trout's kind of becoming that. You just expect it from him now. It's hard for him. Like, it's hard for him to earn an MVP. When he when he's expected to be an MVP already, yep. So we can move on. Trout, Yelich, best we agree with. What what what's your what's your number four? So 
My number four, I have, I've got Bellinger right now. I know it's a little high, but um, I think most of these numbers are pretty sustainable. I mean, obviously he's not going to hit 400 the whole season, but I see a 300 hitter here. I see 30 plus bombs, 100 RBIs. Um, he's taken his walks. He's not striking out nearly as much. He's clearly made some changes to his approach. And um, I mean, he, he's the best player in baseball as of right now. And I think that needs to be shown if you're redrafting today. Um, I, he's not falling much further than that. I, I think he's the next name on this list, in my opinion. I can understand that, but I'm going with Alex Bregman as my fourth best player, as, as my fourth guy off the board. And I just look at I look at him last year. He's pretty much on pace for the same type of season. 100 runs, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, batting 286. Bellinger, right now, he's showing the better power and better speed and the better batting average. I don't know how much I buy into the batting average so much. But, I mean, and this this is obviously up for change, and we'll get to a point where Bellinger isn't exactly far behind here. So it's not like you're going to – like it's not like I won't change it. I can't just change it any given day. But for me, it's Bregman because I, I, I think – he can take it a step above that. I think he has 40 home run upside. I think if they let him run, he would have more than 10 stolen base upside. He's just a solid player. I feel like he has a very high floor. I feel like his he he's very just reminds me of Christian Yelich without this without the 20 steal upside in a sense. I don't know. I'm just a big Bregman fan, and I, I right now where do, where do you see the stolen base upside with Bregman? Bregman. Unfortunately, because the team itself, the team as a whole doesn't really steal. I think he's just going to get 10 bags again this year like he did last year. But yeah. I think he had – I think he could, you know, obviously would have, could have, should have. But I don't, I just know he can be a better steal source. But regardless yeah. – He could be, but they're just not running him. That's yeah, exactly. another reason why I have Bellinger a little bit higher than him. They, they're not afraid to, to run Bellinger and use his athleticism. I mean – He's, he's got seven right now. Um, I could see him putting up a 30-30 season pretty easily, actually, I think. I mean, I know he's slowed down for a little bit. He's getting back on track. Bellinger, I'm talking about. But yeah, Bellinger is right up there in, uh, in sprint speed as one of the best in the game. I mean, he's – I'm not arguing with the speed. Best guy. I think for me, right now he has a 394 bad bit. Again, Bellinger, I'm talking about, with a 394 um, batting average. I just I, – I view him more – I just – I think the batting average is where it's different. I don't view him as a 300 hitter. I mean, right now he's doing it. I don't know how sustainable that is. And at this point in the season, it's going to be hard for him not to finish close to it this year. Like, it would take a lot of bad run for him not to be close to 300. But I'm we're, we're – we're, we're arguing – Bellinger's my number five, so I mean, Bregman's my <laughs> Bregman's my five. So, so I mean, what, what are we doing here? I just I, I we we don't know the exact order of each other's lists. You're so wrong for taking him five instead of four. Yeah, you're so wrong for taking him four. It's one of those things that one of us will probably. Be, I guarantee you, it'll be flip flop. They'll probably be back to back in rankings for the long period of time. It's just a matter of I think what it is for me. I'm a little more risk adverse. I think we've seen the floor for Bellinger. That's a lot of it. We've seen the floor for him. And Bregman, I think the floor is higher, and I like to take the higher floor. Yeah, it's a little less of a ceiling because, like you said, 33 upside is a legitimate – or more home runs than that even. We've seen Bellinger do 39 in a year. But regardless, Bellinger is the higher ceiling, but I'll take the higher floor with, with, a, with a close – with somebody with a similar height and ceiling but not quite as high type of thing. That's all it is. It's like a safety net. You really can't go wrong with either of these guys. Just yeah. my my view is with Bellinger, you have a 30-30 player. I think he can definitely top the 30 home runs. I think he can get close to 40. I don't think this av- he's not going to sustain this average. Uh, I could see him dipping below 300, but I, I, I don't see him like below 280. I could see him as a, a 290 hitter. Uh, Bregman's batting 270 right now. I mean, it's going to take Bregman – quite a bit, I think, to get up above 300. I mean, I, I think Bellinger is above Bregman right now. I'm pretty much 
every statistical category. But I, it's not like Bregman's massively behind him. They're they're very close. I just think Bellinger is the better player right now. We're talking right now. I'm looking at this like as a rest of season. If I'm drafting today, how I would draft him, and you can't draft what's already happened. That's how that's how I'm viewing it. And I think like in a redraft right now, I'd rather have Bregman. And that's just again, that goes back to my high floor. I feel like I know what I'm getting. I feel like he's safe. And he offers a good ceiling, but if he doesn't hit the ceiling, I'm still happy with what I get as the floor type of thing. If Bregman, if Bellinger hits that floor of his again, which we saw last year, you're looking at a guy that was being drafted in what the fifth round this year, sixth round yeah. or fourth, fifth round. And I don't like to take that's why I was so anti Javi Baez, which we'll get to later. But I was so anti Javi Baez this year because I thought you were paying for ceiling when because his floor I thought was gonna be could have been as like something like a Bellinger this year, where he could have been like a fifth round pick going to next year. But I digress. We're again we're we're trying to tear each other wrong with either option. Yeah. So for me it's Trout one, Yelich two, Beth three, Bregman four, Bellinger five. You have Trout one, Yelich two, Betts three, Bellinger four, Bregman five. Whew, huge difference. <laughs> this uh, is where it might get interesting now. So number six, um, I have Lindor. Okay. He he was a top three pick. He was sometimes going third over Jose Ramirez. And for those who did that this year, even with the injury, it's worked out for you. <laughs> but Lindor has come back and he's producing in all five categories. He's still in bases, which I wasn't expecting him to steal any this year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And he's actually, like I said, so he's a five category producer. I love my steals. I'm realizing they're very hard to come by. You're giving me a guy who offers some speed, a good batting average, and just can do it all. I mean, there's no reason to think that he's not the guy you expected when you were drafting him third overall this year. The fact that I'm picking him sixth says more about the guys ahead of him than than him, actually, his performance for me. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Lindor. Um, he's a little bit further down on my list, but I mean, he's definitely in my top 12. I chose to go with Arenado at number six, just because you've been talking about floor. You kind of know what you're getting with Arenado. Um, he's really kind of just put up consistent, solid numbers over the past few years. And I'm completely fine with, with, with those numbers. He's going to produce runs, home runs, RBIs, average. The only thing you're not getting with him is stolen bases. Um, I'm comfortable with getting 30 homers, 110 to 120 RBIs, 100 runs, 300 guy. I mean, I'm very comfortable with that floor. I mean, that's an amazing floor. You really can't get much better than that. Um, you have the cores effect. So I'm, I just think as the number six player, I feel very comfortable mm-hmm. with taking Arenado. And I was also thinking with Lindor, I'm, I think there's a lot of good shortstop depth right now. And, uh, I mean, obviously we're not mocking a whole draft here, but I'm just thinking there's probably some other good options in the second and third round that I'd feel more comfortable taking a shortstop. I don't think third base is as strong of a position. So that's that was another um, reasoning in my thinking to go Arenado over Lindor. But both are good picks. I have Lindor um, as my number nine player but i think arenado at six is is a great bet too yeah and i can i I can totally understand where you're coming from i and i'm not anti-arenado i'm just i'm learning my lesson this year with i think it's really important to grab somebody who can give you speed early and everybody i've mentioned so far has at least a 10 steel floor Mm -hmm. if you notice but i make sure they're all five cowboy producers and that's big for me right now and i'm kind of that's where I'm getting kind of like. That's where like, I'm. I'm. I'm surprising myself to be honest. Stolen bases really just seem to be a, a dying art form here. Just teams are not running nearly as much, and like you said, it's really been tough to to find some stolen bases. And a lot of the guys that we were drafting for stolen bases just really aren't running yet. Or got hurt, or got demoted, like Malik Smith, D. Gordon's on the IL. Trey Turner missed quite a bit of time. Like Javi Baez is run, running as much as maybe you thought he might or would like. I mean, Trout and Yelich are still doing their thing, but these are high end guys. I'm talking about here. We've lost a lot of the mid range guys. Billy Hamilton's been crap. Like, 
And again, like I was big on Arenado this year, and I have a few shares of him. I got he would fall because I guess he would fall because not only is he boring, but again, he only touched four of those categories, leaving you short on stolen bases. And yeah, I'm kind of hurting for steals in those leagues because I didn't because those guys I missed on, <laughs> or I didn't prioritize them enough after skipping on steals in the first round. So it's one of those. It's a balance. It's a delicate balance you have to kind of kind of keep in mind in these drafts going forward with how steel without the steel steals are you know in baseball yeah yeah it's it's rough looking at the leaderboard here for stolen base there's only five guys in double digits right now for stolen <laughs> bases and some of these guys i mean like gerard dyson name you threw out before i'm uh, starting i'm starting him in a handful of leagues because i need speed that bad yeah i mean his his other numbers are actually not too bad i mean typically Dyson has been all or nothing stolen base. I mean, the average OBP slugging, I mean, every, that's just bringing you down in all the other categories. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's performing well right now. But the other guys like Tim Anderson, I don't think anybody really expected Tim Anderson to uh, be playing as well as he is right now. Uh, but the other guys like D. Gordon, Ramirez, Billy Hamilton, those are kind of expected names. But, yeah, um, some of the first-round picks, I mean, stolen base upside – really could could boost some guys if you're redrafting now, like Yelich, Bellinger, Trevor Story. Those are all really, I would say, top two-round talents that are performing well in the stolen base department as well. So, yeah, just a quick recap. I'm, I'm not going to keep repeating it, but our top three in the same order is Trout, Yelich, and Betts. For me, Bregman four, Bellinger four for you. Bellinger five for me, Bregman five for you. <laughs> Lindor six for me. Aaron, I was six for you. Who's your number seven? So my number seven is Acuna right now. We're on the same page. (laughs) And he kind of goes along with the stolen base upside. Um, That, real quick, I'm going to interrupt only because I'm sure, I don't know if you were going to touch on this, but that's, it's kind of kicked into gear since they moved him back to the leadoff spot. Yeah. The last two weeks, he's stolen three bases out of his five for the year. And yep. that was pretty much since they moved into the leadoff spot. Apparently, the Braves most of their most of their steals come from like they, they like the guy who leads off steal more. So as long as he's leading off, I like him here. If he goes back to batting fourth, he would drop back down my rankings because now he's losing a part of the game, like part of the reason I really like him so high. Yeah, he seems to really be excelling as a leadoff guy. I think they kind of just have to keep him there and roll with it. I mean, he's also his walk rate is up this year. His K rate is down this year. He has other indicators showing positive growth as well, you know. So it's also nice with the uh, with the call up of Austin Riley, kind of kind of slot him in there with uh, with Donaldson, Freeman, and it allows you to move Acuna up to the top of the order. So I think that's that's definitely lineup protection, man. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, if you look, I mean, you can look at him. He's he's seriously like his play approach and all his metrics are lining up with it. Like I mentioned, less K's, more walks. His um, chase rate is down. His swing percentage is down. So he's not even he's not even as as aggressive. His O contact is up almost almost like seventeen percent or something like that. Sixteen percent. It's pretty impressive. Which means like when he does swing outside the zone, he's making contact with it. Good, bad, or otherwise. Um, <laughs> his swing straight rate. His his swinging strike rate has dropped three points. That's a good amount. It dropped from eleven point six to eight point six. League average is eleven percent. So I'll give you an idea. Yeah, he's showing growth in his, in his sophomore year. He's not going through that sophomore slump. So yeah. and that's why preseason I was I was a little down on him. Um, I would have preferred to take more proven guys just because I wasn't sure exactly what to expect like Soto he's kind of he's still doing okay he's getting on base and everything but his average is down a little bit he's kind of had some growing pains early on just don't really know what to expect sometimes in year two but Acuna he definitely he seems to be uh, kind of picking up where he left off last year and like you said the leadoff spot is definitely boosting him up a little bit more and he's starting to run more which is which is huge so we both agree on Cunha at seven. Let's move on. Um, my number eight's Arenado. And <laughs> you could take him at four, five, six. I wouldn't blame you no matter where you took him outside of the top three. I think there's a clear top three for me still. After that, you can 
move around however you please. Baronado, you couldn't. You said it. You pretty much. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him. Yeah. High floor. His high really, floor. like all those other options we're talking like Acuna, and I mean I guess you could even say Acuna, Bregman, Bellinger. I think Arenado. He really has the safest floor out of all oh, those. Guys. Without a doubt, man. Without a you know doubt. What you're getting. The other guys, there's still some hit or miss, but yeah, Arenado really could go anywhere in that mix. And because of that, I'm the I put him at I put him at sorry, did I say seven or is it eight? I'm losing track now. Eight. You put him at eight. Because I, I have him at eight, and it's because this is this is where his floor for me, like the other guys have that ceiling that pass him even though they have high floors, but this is the first time I'm willing to take a guy that doesn't give me some speed because the guys behind him now that I want speed from don't have, aren't as safe. So at this point, I'm willing to sacrifice the speed for the safety. This is the first guy, the first time where this is where I'm finally starting to give, you know what? I'll pass on speed. I'll take my safety net here and hope I get speed later. Yeah, I agree. So easy enough. Uh, who's your number eight? So I went with Springer, number eight. That is that – is, It's a bold he, move. It's, it's interesting because we've seen we've – seen, he's on an MVP type of tear right now. We've seen this in the past. Was it 2017 when he did this? Yeah. The year he got, the year he got hurt, came back, and – That's the thing. Like you said, he, he, he's done this before. He's been on this track before. But then he's gotten hurt, and it kind of messes with everything. If he can stay healthy, I think he's capable of putting, continuing these numbers. Um, I don't know if I see him being a 300-plus hitter. Um, I could see kind of 280, 290 range again, but um, he's batting at the top of that lineup. It's a scary lineup. Um, I really think he can sustain most of these numbers. It would be nice to see him run a little bit more as well. But the Astros, they, they typically they are not a really uh, big running team. As he, does well. have, he does have four steals, and that's yeah. – he only had six last year and the year before that. So, he is, you know, giving you a little more speed than you expected. Yeah, I mean, I personally would have expected more. Um, he has the capability. He, it's not like he – Well, I mean, it's more or less looking at the track record and what the team's done with him, that the fact that he's probably on pace for 10 right now, heck – Anything more than I mean, if you're ta- anything you'll take from Springer. So if he's going to give you ten, that's great. I'd love to see fifteen or twenty from him. Of course that you would. Spot. Of course you would. But they don't. They're not going to let him run into outs when they have the team they have behind them. Yeah. And looking, I'm just looking at some of his stuff. His O swing is down. Z swing is up. His swing strike rate is up. So he's a little more aggressive this year, is what it looks like. But that's probably what's producing the power numbers. His pull rate and hard contact are up. I feel like I feel like hard contacts up across across the league though, so <laughs> that's not really saying much. He he's putting the ball in the air more, more fly balls, less ground balls, um, comparing it to last year. His line drive rate it's the highest it's been since 2016, even at 20.7 percent. That's really good. That's like that's really solid. One of the better ones. Um, but yeah, man, it's all major true. thing with him. It, it's health. And he's currently out right now. He's he's having back issues yep. as well. <laughs> I yep. think uh, I think his back hurts from carrying the team right now. Oh, because you know they won't, but they won't call up Jordan Alvarez or Kyle Tucker to help. <laughs> yeah, well, so. based because we haven't seen that happen, it makes me think this is not a long term injury. I, I thought the other day that this could have been an IL stint, and maybe that would be an Alvarez call up time. But it sounds like he hopefully should be back this weekend, but. Who knows with these back injuries with, with what we're talking about with Yelich. I mean, the stuff can linger on. Um, so we'll see. But if he can stay healthy, um, I think he's definitely a top 10 option. I have him at eight. So can't go wrong with him, I don't think. So you want to jump into your number nine then? Yeah. I mean, my nine is, is Lindor. You discussed, <laughs> him, you discussed him before. Um, and he's again, he's healthy kind of- right now. So. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. This kind of just it reiterates the fact that once you get past three, just kind of like this year, there was a top two, and then after two, you could have gone any which way. For me, it's a top three, and after that, it's really however you prefer to go. Springer is probably my biggest surprise. I wouldn't have him. He's not in my first round. He's in my second round, 
but he wouldn't be my first round right now. But that's a little obviously off. T- that's a little getting away from it. You're just again. You're just, you just kind of remind me why. I mean, I'm. It's hard to argue Lindor at nine versus Lindor at five, like or six, wherever I have them. We're talking three spots, and we're talking the guys in between them. You can make a case for all of them. So. Yep. I guess yeah. I'll jump. I'll just jump, do you want to add anything, or I'll just jump into my number nine? No, just the the fact. That, I mean, Lindor dropped a lot, obviously due to the injury preseason, but he seems to be healthy. He's kind of. Um, riding that team right now. I mean, he's, he's, he's the guy to own over there over Ramirez right now, who we'll touch upon later. I mean, he's, he dropped out of my first round um, as he should with most people's first rounds. Yeah. He's, uh, on my, he's on mine too. Yeah. But yeah, Lindor and the stolen base upside, I really like as well. So yeah. I mean, if you can get Lindor at nine, can't go wrong there either. Now my number nine, he's still in my first round. And he's my first pitcher off the board, and still Max Scherzer. This guy's just ran into bad luck, man. He in over the last month, he's pitched to to a tune of a 2.54 ERA, a 1.13 WHIP, and he has one win. And wins are big in fantasy. And because of that, it's killing him. And you look at some of his other rate things. You think you know, you look at his ratios and stuff. You think he's kind of having a bad year. He has a 3.41 ERA and a 72.9% strand rate. Those two things for him are very high, but the strand rate, he last last three the last four years, you can go back as far as 2015, it's never been under 79.6%. And that was in 2015. It's been 80% every year since then. So he's looking at some regression there, and a positive regression. His ERA is a full run higher than his FIP. His ERA is 3.41. His FIP, if you believe these, these indicators are usually pretty indicative of what's supposed to happen what's probably going to happen is his FIP and XFIP all of them are sub three so there I mean it's just Sierra's sub three everything is just suggesting better things are going to happen and they they already started that's why I mean over the, like I said over the last month he's had a sub he's had a 2.5 ERA over the last month he's going to get there the wins the team's been blowing wins for him man he's he's giving up a run or two a start like He's fine. He's still Max Scherzer. He's just not getting the wins he's been getting over the last couple of years. Great by low opportunity still. Probably probably still great by low opportunity. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. I think he's still the best pitcher in baseball. Yes, over Verlander. <laughs> but the win opportunity, I get it. So it's kind of he's, – it's, he's still my number one, though. I think he's the best pitcher. Chance he's traded. We'll see. Interesting take. Um, I'm a Max Scherzer owner. It's been it's been a frustrating start to the season because he's he, he's just had some some juicy matchups. He's facing the Marlins. He's facing the Mets multiple times, and he can't lock down wins. And the wins aren't his fault though. He's giving. I know up, his, giving bull, his bullpen is horrible. They he's blew one the other day. Got a manager that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> they blew one the other day, man. I mean, what's the like? I'm just saying it's not his fault. The wins. That's why wins piss me off as a category because. The wins are credited to the pitcher, and so are the losses. But it's a team category, and it's frustrating because you can't really base a player's effectiveness and how good they are off wins and losses. That's why to ground one Cy Young with what like what do he have nine, ten, nine, nine wins, wins, eight, nine, ten wins? wins. Yeah, yeah, eight I wins. That's ridiculous. It's a, a great point. Um, and I but, think my point is, that Scherzer is all signs are pointing up except for with wins, and I think the wins are going to come. Because they, you can only do so bad for so long until you don't get until you get wins, man. As far as like, I mean, you can only do good so long until you get wins. Like wins have to come with them usually. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, I think I think he will be fine. His metrics show that he's really just been unlucky, and the whole bullpen situation in Washington just really has kind of worked to his disadvantage. But that's why I went at my number ten spot. I went Verlander over Scherzer. Yeah. There you go. So, I just think Verlander, similar numbers um, in terms of dominating the statistical categories, but Verlander is also getting the wins. He's got a team and a bullpen right now that's backing him, and he's in better situation right now to to go deep into the games and to ultimately win these games and have Presley come in and Osuna come in and shut the door down. That's something that Scherzer does not have right now. 
And I think that's an advantage, and that's why I would take Verlander right now. I, I think Verlander is the best pitcher in baseball right now. Agree to disagree. No, right now he is for sure. But I think in a, in a redraft, I think I'd still take sure. Well, obviously, I would still take Scherzer over him, but Verlander would be my number two pitcher off the board. But he's not making my first round, which is great. He's he's fringe. I had a hard time here. I would see because right after this, right after Scherzer, for my number ten pick, I went right back into speed, and I'm back on Trey Turner. Trey Turner looked absolutely amazing to start of the year. He was off to a great start. Still in those bases like the manager said he would, pretty much at will. Then he fractured his finger on a bun attempt. I think we were recording a podcast when I was watching it live. Nope. <laughs> um, we were. And, and <clears throat> he's back, and that batting average hasn't quite come around yet. Like he's middling. The home runs aren't there yet, but he stole two bases already since he's been back. I think so. It's just a reminder. Like, in in fantasy, speed is such a big deal. I'm still going to value it, and I still think – I mean, the fact that he's down there at 10, I, I might be low on him compared to where he probably won't – like, I doubt he'll make it there because because of the speed alone. Speed – like, this year, I saw him going on average at the fourth or fifth overall pick. I'm not saying he would now, but – and I don't think he should. Like I said, I have him ranked 10, and I'm pretty big on Trey Turner, but I just think – I don't know. So let me ask. Let me ask you a question here. Mm-hmm. So we're 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 kind of basing our rankings off of standard five by five roto. Mm-hmm. That's and that's pretty common across the industry. When you yeah. look at when you look at rankings, that's what they're typically based that, towards. Yeah, based on my rankings so far, I mean, I wouldn't change anything. Um, if we were going to let's say like a point style league, but if we're going to points, would you would you still have Trey Turner as, as your number ten guy? Well, probably. I honestly don't. I think I think he would fall in my first round. I would have like a. I'd have Freddie Freeman in my first round. I'd have better power hitters with on base percentage. Okay. That's like, if you go points league. Freddie Freeman, he's a top fifteen guy in roto leagues. For me, he'd be top ten, top twelve for sure in points leagues. Guys like Lindor with his OBP is kind of bad. He would be. He. I would drop him down. I don't know how far. Arenado would be closer to my number four pick. Might be right there with Bregman and Bellinger. He might even be before those guys because you know what you're getting with Arenado in a points league. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of changing. We could, we could talk about that another night, but there's a yeah. lot. Of I was up. just curious because Trey Turner did not crack my top 12. I mean, he, he's definitely second round guy, but I just think I would prefer um, some power bats. And those are the two guys that I have at my final two spots there. Um, do you have anything else to no. add on Trey Turner or should we just, just go? No, we can, we, can, we can move on from Trey Turner. I'm just saying he's my number 10, okay. and I'm happy with him there if I can get him there because speed's just such a tough thing to come by in, in, in these leagues. So Just needs to learn how to freaking bunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, goodness. <laughs> Enough with the freak injuries. But anyway. Um, you can so, judge, you can talk, talk your last two here, 11 and 12, who you got? So 11 and 12, I took J.D. Martinez and Chris Bryant. JD, obviously, some people are a little down on him right now, but the guy's still batting over 300. He's producing. Uh, he's got 29 RBIs. He, I think people would like to see maybe a little bit more pop, but the guy still has nine home runs. Um, I really think he's going to be fine. This offense, this whole team is starting to come around. Um, he sat out the past two days. Apparently, he's um, he's got a back issue too. Enough with the back injuries. Oh my God. <laughs> Yellow Springer, crazy. Oh, the high school JD Martinez, by the way. Oh, fun fact for you. Fun fact. Good guy. No, kind of a jerk. I can't say the other word. I edited that out. Kind of a jerk. JD, if you're listening, we're sorry. I'm not sorry. He's not listening. So <laughs> no, he's definitely not listening. If he was, I'm so sorry. He's a jerk. <laughs> JD, you should not have thrown Mike into that locker. No, he, <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't do that. He just, he just, he just threw me. He just gave me a swirly. No, but uh, no, man, I, I didn't. He was just kind of a jerk in the locker room. I actually was on the baseball team for a little bit before I quit because I got lazy. And uh, he was just kind of a jerk. He was an upperclassman, and I was a lowerclassman. So he sounds like a jock. But anyway, kind of, kind of was your prototypical one. But he's just kind of a jerk, man. But regardless, Teddy Martinez, good for him. He's, he's a jock that's going to produce all season long. <laughs> and, he's, and he's making millions while I'm over here producing a podcast for free and having fun. 
So yeah, and I'm talking about him. Oh, I hate, I hate him. I'm so kidding. J- JD number eleven, and then Chris Bryant. Um, obviously the slow start. He was one of our our big buy low guys, and the past couple of weeks he's really been picking it up, and I really think that he's going to s- sustain this recent production. So I have Chris Bryant at number twelve. And my final two guys in my top 12, these both surprised the crap out of me because I still don't know why I have them here, but oh I'm taking, but I would take them here. And that's Trevor story. Your buddy, your boy. Trevor oh story. my goodness. Your boy, Trevor story. Really all about these stolen bases that uh, you don't understand. I think I'm just really affected by my lack of being able to get them. You're but panicking about these stolen bases. It might be partially that, but then you have a guy that 11 home runs already, eight stolen bases. His walk rate is a tick up, nothing special. His, his K rate is about the same as last year. His batting average, 266, I think that's about right. Maybe he might be anywhere from 250 to 290. He really can't fluctuate. He hit 290 last year. I'm thinking realistically 250 to 270 for him. But nonetheless, man, he gets called Coors' home, middle of batsman, middle of the lineup, and power speed. I mean, he did 37 and 27 last year. Probably gonna do thirty and twenty again this year, and he's not gonna—he's not gonna be great in batting average. But he's not gonna kill you. I mean, I just like the upside at this point. I'm taking the upside. I'm taking the speed, the power speed combination, course field, and I'm gonna run with it. I mean, I'm gonna run with it blindly and hope that it works out because he's not—I mean, he, he's not chasing as much this year. His swing strike rate is in line with last year. A lot, he has a lot of indicators suggesting that what he did last year is kind of what he's gonna do this year with little less batting average and by a little less probably 20 to 30 points but but still not going to bury you and Baez uh, same thing I was not a hobby Baez guy coming out story I was okay with where he was going Baez I was straight fading and this I mean it goes back I mean this year he only has two steals but I mean the guy's just doing it man Again, this is Rodeles. He's batting over 300. He has 12 home runs. He has two steals. His K rate is actually up. His walk rate is up too, though, so that's good. I don't know, man. It's hard to deny what he's doing anymore. You can't. You can only fight for so long before you start start looking stupid. I'm willing to take the L and be be that was wrong on him. I put him. I put him at the back end of my first round, and I think he's a great, solid. I mean, the multi-positional eligibility helps. Just a solid player. Swing strike rate is down this year. His his chase rate is down this year. So he's actually taking a better approach at the plate. He's producing. He's just a solid player, man. I mean, you can't you got you just gotta admit when you're wrong. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'm not gonna get it right all the time. It wouldn't be any fun if I couldn't be wrong. But these are guys that I I bumped up. These guys were going middle mid-second. Maybe Javi Baez would fall to the late second. To move them up a few picks after producing for a quarter of the season, that's not that crazy. It was. You don't, you don't know how happy this makes me. Oh, no, shut it. Knowing that you've jumped on board the Trevor Story train. I apparently, I'm apparently more, I'm higher on him than you are. I mean, Trevor Story is probably in my top 15. It's not like um, I have him in this late second, third round. Like, he, he's definitely still up there for me. We're going to have to talk second round soon because there's guys like Freddie Freeman that were fringe for me. Verlander's right there. These are guys – and Chris Bryant. Like, Spring, I'm with you, Springer. These are all guys. And you could take them, mix them, mix them up in a bag, and put, put, put your hand in there and pull one out, and it wouldn't bother me if any of them were 7 through 15. <laughs> so – Barring injuries, I mean, I'm I would be completely fine with having any of those guys on my team. So let's let's do a quick recap and we can move on. Uh, your top, uh, we'll go ahead and roll through your top twelve right now. Your first round. So my top twelve, I've got Trout at one, Yelich two, Mookie Betts three, Cody Bellinger four, Alex Bregman five, Arenado six, Acuna seven, George Springer eight, Lindor nine. Verlander 10, J.D. Martinez 11, and Chris Bryant 12. And my top 12 right now, if, we, if I was drafting the first round, I would have it Trout 1, Yelich 2, Betts 3, Ox Brevin 4, Cody Bellinger 5, uh, Francisco Lindor 6, Acuna 7, Arenado 8, 
Max Scherzer, 9. Trey Turner, 10. Trevor Story, 11. Ugh. And Javi <laughs> Baez, 12. Double ugh. Um, <laughs> now, this ran a little longer than I expected, so we'll just quickly touch on a few risers and followers, guys that maybe we liked in the preseason that have completely fallen off a cliff or guys that we had no idea about or guys we liked and they just really, they've proven to be worth it. I mean, regardless, who are a couple guys that have kind of just that you've maybe changed your opinion on or that have kind of gone up in, in your rankings, like guys that you just like right now? So a few risers. Um, I guess the first one I'll go with is, is Joey Gallo. Um, He's one of mine too, so I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll both touch upon this briefly. I mean, obviously the power is there. I just – I was not expecting um, all the other peripherals to be where they are with this guy. I mean, he's batting 293 right now. I would have expected him to barely be at 200 right now <laughs> come, come the beginning of June here. Uh, it's very impressive. He's definitely made some approach changes in the offseason and it's definitely paying off. I mean, this this guy was was one of the top overall prospects in baseball a few years ago, and he just kind of he just really just didn't take off as as much as everybody thought. Obviously, the, the power is still there, but just all the other numbers didn't come until now, and it just it's it seems pretty sustainable. What what, what are the uh, the advanced metrics telling you over there? Um, it's funny you knew I pulled him up. Uh, <laughs> the batting average, he's overachieving, and you would think, oh my god, how bad. Not terribly. He's hitting 293. His expected batting average is 273. I mean, so the fact that I, I still think he's going to be closer to a 250 hitter, I, I can't buy in, but still. 250, I, I would be completely yeah. fine with 250, and you're going to get 50 bombs out of it. I'd yeah, be, it's fine with that. Even that, though, that wasn't even expected. You're expecting a 190 hitter with 50 bombs. A Chris Davis, yeah. yeah. Not, K, not Karis, the regular Chris Davis from the Orioles. His barrel, his, his yeah, Tris. His barrel rate is up. His exit velocity is up. His hard hit rate, sixty point seven percent. My God, ridiculous! He is smashing the ball. He actually lowered his launch angle, which is probably causing. Let me guess. One line drives. Let's look up his line drive rate just by looking at that. While you're looking that up, I just want to say, well, if we if we do not see Joey Gallo in the home run derby, I'm not watching it. You don't want to see him. It's gonna ruin him. I don't care. I don't have him on any, any of my fantasy teams, so I don't oh, care. Oh, look at that. The launch angle change, he slightly decreased it. His line drive rate went up. It's up at 20.6%. Again, that is a really good line drive rate. And you put you give him that type of line drive rate with his hard contact and medium contact, which are both up, by the way, um, you're going to get more base hits. And that's that's what he's doing. He's just getting – I think he's getting more base hits. And obviously home runs. But his ground ball rate – his ground ball rate is actually up. I wonder if he's hitting – I wonder if he's like putting some balls in play against a shift. I think I'll he's finally it. starting to beat the shift. That, well, that too. Something he didn't do at all last year. But I mean, you have a guy that he. I mean, his line, like I said, when you see the line drive rate go up towards that, it's actually, like I said, it's a really good line drive rate, twenty point six percent. You have some. You have an increased walk rate. You have the expect. You have a batting average at two ninety three, but expect at two seventy three. You just. I mean, his dude. Like, even more, like, and this goes, here goes his approach. His swing strike rate, it's actually been going down for four straight years, but it, it's, it took a huge leap this year. It's gone down from 22.6 to 22.1, 19.2, 18.4. But this year, from 18.4 last year to 15.1 so far. It's a beautiful thing, man. He has his O swing, his chase, his O swing, which is his chase rate, is down literally 0.5 away from 10%. So we're talking basically a 10% change. In a good direction, meaning he's swinging at less pitches outside the zone. He's he's swinging at less inside the zone. Overall, he's just swinging less. So, like, it's a beautiful it, thing, really. Yeah, is. His approach. He's, he's, he's definitely more, he's made some major changes in his approach. And this this paying off. This went long. This went way more long winded. So, got to kind of keep doing that for everybody. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I can't always well, help because I'm a quick thing on Gal. So, let's say if you're drafting now. How high would you take him? Would you take him second, third, somewhere around there, or is that oh my, still way too high? That's too high for me still. I think he, I think he creeps into where uh, Carpenter was going, like that that fifth round pick ish range. I think that's fair. 
because you can't ignore the things you're seeing right now. He's look. I mean, he's backing it up with his his. He's backing up with the peripherals, man. Not not just the expected stuff, but the uh, you know the the plate approach and everything. It's it's all there to suggest that this is when I see tangible change, I buy in. Yep. And this is tangible change. He's looked great so far. Very impressive. So I think he is definitely probably considering we both liked him as a riser. I think he's definitely at the top of that list. Um, another one. I'm just going to touch upon two on one one quick that you actually took a deep dive article into so that <laughs> well josh bell that was another big oh, riser i didn't do an article on him i did a post on him you did a post on him i wanted to oh. do an article i love he, he was my other guy you're just taking my guys i love josh bell yeah. well i'm trying to trying to go through this a little bit quicker because we've definitely <laughs> gone long <laughs> yeah no we josh do. bell is a guy that we both really like mike did uh a post apparently a post. Not, not a deep dive. <laughs> no I, I do articles but then like on reddit and on twitter i put out like i'll put out um like a deep dive post real quick like hey check this guy out by the way you should add him because when i said adam who's only 60 percent owned i was like make him owned and this was like a month and a half ago so i feel really good about it it's, and then he was a sleeper of mine coming into the year as it was so i mean this is a guy that went undrafted in a lot of leagues 10-teamers for sure, some 12-teamers. Even if he was drafted, I, I know for a fact that he was he was cut in a few of my leagues. I don't I know why. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't recall. Know I, really, I really don't recall a slow start. Just not – he hasn't. He wasn't this hot, but – I mean, even if it was a slow start, it could have just been like a weekend and teams yeah. just needing to make a change. But obviously he's, he's off to a great start. Um, any other major standout, standout risers that you oh, want to – I can't, di- I can't dive into him. All right. Um, <laughs> I, you, know I want, you know I want to. I know you want to. I'm pretty sure I did on the last episode. So, honestly, if you're interested in hearing about Josh Bell, we talked about him. I think I talked about him last episode pretty decent detail. And we were talking about would you rather's him or Alonzo, blah, blah, blah. So, I, would just, I just listened to the last episode that we had, the one that you weren't on. If, um, you, hit up, if you hit up Mike on Twitter, oh, say, hey, can you dive into Josh Bell? You can get it there. <laughs> all day i will call you on your cell phone and talk to you about josh bell um oh i love this guy now he's now he's gonna start being really bad um as far i mean you kind of took the guys right out of my mouth so i mean i'm sure i could find some more both agreed. the only other one that i would there's two other ones and they both kind of are in the same boat for me tim anderson and and mondesi Obviously, me, me and you were both not Mondesi guys, but I'm still not. I'm still not there. either. But based on what you were saying with the whole stolen base scarcity out there, yeah. Mondesi intriguing name. I, I'm not reaching for him first or second, but I mean, if I can get him somewhere between maybe four and five, even if he's there, I feel like somebody would reach on him. No, he, in the preseason, he was going in the third round, fourth round. Right now, he would be a second round pick. I just I couldn't take him in the second round. But yeah, I wouldn't either. Again, remember how I told you I, I didn't do deep dive on him. I did a post on him. I did another one on him as well, and I just can't. He's one. He's basically like Baez. But the reason why I couldn't buy into Baez was because of his his play approach and his uh and just like his play pro. He was just, he's very impatient. He's very aggressive. His speed is a thousand percent the reason why he's succeeding. He is that fast. I think he might be. I haven't checked. But I'm pretty sure he's the fastest player in the major leagues right now, and it's a so big, far, it's the biggest reason why he's succeeding. He's able to beat out. He's his soft contact is up. He's making weaker contact, and his his weak contact is up. Like I just said, his hard contact is down. He's just <clears throat> his his chase rate is up. His it's everything is just going the wrong direction. I don't understand. His his walk rate is a little up, so that's good. That helps his steals. But man. It is so aggravating that some <laughs> in points leagues forget about it, wouldn't touch him. But in roto leagues, he's very valuable. I understand that. I agree, his value is up. But I just don't want him. And I very interesting. I mean, you, you're you're more of the advanced analytical guy. Yes, and more, it's aggravating. More so than me. I'm looking though. I, I was expecting the stolen base numbers. I was not expecting him to be the run producing machine that he is. Well he's that's top, the top ten right now in RBIs. This is a guy that I would have expected to uh be a leadoff guy, not really knocking in runs, but he's got forty he's top ten right now in RBIs. Those only- those stats, those stats, 
that's really that's another reason why that's carrying. Obviously, that's carrying him as well. He's he was a guy, man. Again, his expected batting average was like thirty points a lot lower. But yeah, that's that's the big thing with him right now. His 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 other stats, the RBIs, the runs. He's putting in more than was that was expected from him. I don't think it's going to sustain. The Royals aren't that good. I mean, with Merrifield hitting in front of him, Nicky Lopez, high on base guys. Maybe it will sustain to a point though, because I, I like you said, I was expecting him to be a top three hitter. His stock is up. I'm with you. I just don't like it. I don't like it either. It's just it's interesting. It's numbers. very interesting because it's, it's not what I was expecting to see either, but it's it has my attention. Leave it at that. <laughs> well, yeah, and the big reason why has, the, 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 I'm gonna while well, I say the biggest reason is because he, like you said, I'm I'm pretty into those advanced metrics, but he's one of the few guys. It's like one in ten, like nine times out of ten, those metrics mean something. Those metrics are predictive, and they're able to give you an idea of what to expect and who somebody is. And he just is one of those people that don't play into what his profile says he should be. He's one of those. He's like I say, he's the Javi Baez types. And usually, for every Javi, for every Javi, for every Javi Baez, there's nine others that aren't Javi Baez. So now Mondesi's kind of becoming that. Well, he's the Mondesi now. There's gonna be nine others that have the same profile. They're complete trash. He's just that one out of ten. <laughs> and it's, aggra- it's aggravating. He's an anomaly. I called him an anomaly, and I mean that. Getting heated. Well, I'm just aggravated because the the numbers say one thing, and he's saying screw the numbers and. He's making me look like he, he makes those people that don't buy into analytics, like he makes the, he makes them right. He's that argument. He's like that one thing. He's like that one shred of evidence that makes people that say, "Oh, there's no such thing as global warming." They're like he's like people that don't believe in metrics believe in go, don't believe in global warming. We're gonna move on. No, because the fallers. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna move on to some fallers. That's a quote. I need to make that into a like an IG post. <laughs> I'm making it into a t-shirt. Is there anybody that stand, stands out to you as somebody that's really fallen off your draft board or just fallen majorly in uh, in drafts? Anybody well, that stands out to you? Real quick before that, I'm just going to touch on a few guys that actually rose. I won't get no actual stats. Paddock, big riser. Caleb oh, Smith, okay. big riser. Glassnell was a big riser before the injury. Still pretty high on him. And Soroka, all these pitchers. Because pitchers, pitchers are dumpster fire. These guys, I believe in all of them. All their stats suggest that what they're doing is legit. Caleb Smith is my favorite, maybe because I'm a Marlins fan. Paddock is the best. And that's not the, for me. It's not debatable. All those names are Paddock. I would have over all of them. Stroke, I think, is a long-term ace. But those are guys that have really jumped up my jumped off jumped up my my boards. They might all be the top 25 pitchers right now. At least top 30. I have a hard time taking any of them outside of my top 30. So those are just a few names now. Can't argue guys, with any of those guys. That, although, although I would throw Matt Boyd into that mix as well, but continue. Boyd just doesn't. He, I'm not as excited about him. I don't know why. Maybe because he's finished with the Tigers. I really, I have no other reason. I think he's it's on obvious. the Caleb Smith. He's on the Caleb Smith level for me. Yeah. Mediocre I, I, teams. Yeah, they're, they're not going to get as many wins, but their underlying numbers are very good right now. And you'd be able to remember the difference between Caleb Smith and and Matt Boyd are Smith plays for the Marlins. Um. Guys, I'm down on. I think the first one that comes to mind, and that we don't really need to dive into him too much, is Jose Ramirez. He just doesn't seem to be getting it together. He, I mean, he's hitting, he's hitting 214 over the last week, and that is good for him right now. I he's a fringe second round guy for me. I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now, and I'm being I feel like I'm being a little aggressive with how I'm dropping him down my rank ranks, but man, he's looked terrible. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough start for Jose. His, I mean, the thing is, though, is his K rate is only fourteen point six percent. That's a great K rate, but he that's that's actually like high for him. That's the highest it's been since twenty fifteen. It, w- it was eleven percent, and it's been like eleven or ten percent every year. Walk rate is eleven point seven percent, so he's still walking a good amount. I don't really know. Soft contact is up tremendously. Not tremendously. It's the wrong word. It's up a good. It's up like five percent, but. I just, I'm just, I don't see, I don't really see the reason for all the bad line drive rates really good. His ground ball, he's, his ground ball rate is down. He's actually putting the ball in the air more. I don't know why he's failing. It just he's seems chasing. like, it just seems like pitchers really have figured out that he's just not that great of a breaking ball pitcher. And he's just not getting, Hitter, you mean? He, he's just not that great. 
Wait, say it again. You said, you, said, you, said, you said he's not that great of a breaking ball pitcher. You mean uh, breaking ball hitter, excuse me. <laughs> he's not that great of a breaking ball hitter. And I think teams have really caught up to that. And they're just not giving him the pitch that he wants to see, which is the fastball. And he's just, he's just not figuring out the off-speed breaking stuff right now. So if you're a pitcher, I would stick with that game plan as well. Well, apparently he's actually struggling against four-seamers, oddly enough. I don't, I don't get against it. everything. He's actually hitting breaking stuff pretty well this year at a, at for, at two fifty. Which if you told me he was gonna hit two fifty against breaking balls, I thought for sure he was gonna he was gonna do he would do well this year because last year he hit three hundred against fastballs. This year he's hitting one seventy two for whatever reason. If he can if he can figure out to get back around on fastballs, I think we might get. I'm a little optimistic more looking to him, but I'm still. You take him then. You take him early on. Well, that's the thing. I'm still not taking him before the second round, and I'm talking about back in the second round. Regardless, uh, he's still obviously moved. It's still a big move down. There's some. There's some things that suggest that he could come around, but I'm still down on him considering he was for me my consistent. He was for my number three pick coming into the year, which I missed on that. So, I think there's some other big names that have kind of fallen a little bit. Um, I'm not going to dive in too deep here, but obviously Harper was arguably mm-hmm. a, a late first rounder. Um, he's I was, struggling. I mean, he's, I was the big Harper guy, so I, I get it. I'm with you. Yeah, he's my, he's in my top as 20. Early, as early as what, like six or seven you took him. That was a point sleeve. Yeah. I mean, obviously league. he's struggling a little bit right now. Um, Average department. He's he's still getting on base, still taking his walks, but I would still uh, take him over Jose Ramirez. I think I would as well. Yeah. It depends. If I need steals, I'm taking Jose. <laughs> it's always the steals. But um Chris Bryant I'd rather have over him, which you do too, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we talked about a little bit of who would you rather of him in the last episode, but regardless, I'm with you. We can um who else are we kind of I think we're both I mean Kluber I was down on before the injury. I think that's a, I think that's a cheap one to. Yeah, and I mean, touching upon injuries as well. I think the two Yankees, Judge and Stanton, obviously going to drop a little bit. Judge, obviously, a, a serious unknown as to when he's going to be back. Stanton having setbacks in his injury and uh, in his rehab right now. So those are definitely falling. I don't even know where I would take those. Those are probably just two names that I would avoid um, if I were to redraft today. I would, still, I would still take Judge back into second or early third. I think he's going to come back and be fine. Stanton, kind of, I would take him. I would probably take both of them in the third round, to be honest. But two guys that have really fallen for me, and they're kind of, they were like really hot names coming into the year, at least one was, was Daniel Murphy. He's Oof. rough. I'm not dropping him yet, but he's been really bad. I mean, the last three games, he does have four hits. So maybe he's going to start getting going here. He's just not – he's not getting the starts. No, yeah, he's not an everyday guy, so that's a problem. It's just frustrating. But, yeah, that's one that a lot of people were high on, especially with the Coors effect. Oh, I was. I was, I was, with, I was with – I was buying the hype. I was eating it up, man. Real quick, one last, one last guy. I was about to cut the show, but one last guy. Jesus Aguilar. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Why haven't I dropped him yet? I don't know what yeah, – he's droppable. That's why you're in last place in the listeners' league. That's the only league I'm in last place. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. What I'm doing. I don't know. What I'm just not. I suck. But uh, he's he was a guy I was torn on. I went back and forth on. I ended up being okay. Like okay, I was like he was top 100 for me, but not like that high. And this guy is droppable now. I mean, I hate to say it. I feel like I feel like he's gonna get going now that you you know now that I say drop him, but. <laughs> First base has been an interesting uh, position this year. Guys like Aguilar, guys like Votto, really struggling. Votto's another a lot one. of value. Votto's another one where I'm not quite dropping him, but he's hard to play right now. I don't want to drop them just yet, but if this continues for another few weeks here, I think it's going to be about that time. Votto's Votto's 35, so. That could just be age that got to him, but regardless. Well, we this episode ran ran, ran way longer than we anticipated, so we're going to end it Shocker. now. I know, this happens every time we get on here. As always, guys, thank you for listening. 
Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Zach is at Braff Z. You can follow us. You can follow the Bases Loaded podcast as well on Twitter at Bases Loaded Pod and also on Instagram at Bases Loaded Pod. I just released, I should have mentioned this earlier, but I just released an article today. Um, I do deep dive articles once every, probably every two weeks roughly. This one, I did a fantasy baseball deep dive on uh, Michael Chavez. Go ahead and check that out. Um, George Mike, B. Michael who? Chavis. What'd you Ch- call him? Chavis. Chavez. <laughs> Chavez. Chavis. Michael Chavis. I did a deep dive article on Michael Chavis. Gosh, I'm tired, man. Again, we thank you. Um, look, keep keep an eye out. George is going to be dropping his waiver wire articles and uh, two-star pitcher articles coming up soon. So, again, guys, we're all part of the FSGN. Check it out. So, as always, thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. What he said. <laughs> <laughs>